Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. Today, we've got another guest interview from one of the bands that you're going to be seeing at Uprising Festival. We've got Adam from Internal Conflict. We've just had a great chat with him, so listen on to hear more. Okay, so today we've got another special guest from a band that we're looking forward to seeing at Uprising Festival. We've got Adam from Internal Conflict. How are you doing, Adam? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Okay, thanks for coming on. Right, so we'll start at the beginning with the band then. If you can just tell us a bit about the background, so how and when the band began. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's quite an interesting story with us, really, because um, uh, I joined Conflict about 10 years ago now. The man had already been going a little bit before then. But um, uh, so, like, I, yeah, I joined about 10 years ago. Like, I knew the guys before. Like, I used to, my old band played with them. And then, like, I used to book shows in my hometown area, Hinkley. So, uh, so like, when, you know, their their old singer moved on and their bassist moved, he moved to the country, they had a little bit of a restart, the guys. So they came and uh, hassled me to join. So like in one form or another, they've been around, I don't know, 2008, I think, maybe a little bit before that. But yeah, the current current iteration, I'd say, uh, we've, we've been at it for about 10 years now, released two albums and an EP. Uh, we've, you know, been up and down the country a few times with... Uh, We've managed to play Bloodstock, which is nice. We played the first version of Uprising, you know, done a couple of appearances at Hard Rock Hell and Hammerfest, and you know, it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been entertaining. So, who are your kind of influences for music? Is it kind of like a joint thing with the band? Are you all into kind of the same things, or yeah, do you so, have your own particular? Thing? Yeah, so as a band, like we do individually have our own sort of influences, but like. Uh, we do kind of most of us have a similar kind of realm um you know when we kind of the the the, the direction initially very influenced by bands like the haunted and kill switch engage machine Head, uh you know that kind of what we would call metalcore but not what people would call metalcore now you know i mean that's a bit of a dirty word to some people but you go back <laughs> 2005, six era, you know, kill switch engage, like machine head and stuff like that. It's kind of what it was, you know, heavy, heavy verses, clean choruses, you know, very influenced by the, the thrash bands, a lot of melody, a lot of hooks in the, in the guitars as much as the lyrics. Then you've got that kind of like heavy beat down elements that the hardcore bands like, yeah, you hate breeds and your biohazards and, you know, stuff, uh, bands like that. So like, that's kind of like where, sort of the journey sort of started with what we were doing but then we've we've just kind of evolved got into you know just different more ba- modern bands where you know we'd like to think we keep up to date with what's coming out you know not afraid to listen to a new band and instead of like a lot of, a lot of people it's quite easy just to go yeah oh, i'm not listening to this new stuff these days it's all crap but uh uh we i think as a, as a group of us we're, we're quite good at like finding new stuff and you know whereas these days i listen to a lot of sort of doom and stoner and i like a lot of the sort of the shoegaze black metal like mjol and stuff that's appearing like other guys in the band is just like they they can't stand that but you know it's <laughs> yeah it, it, it but it's cool that like, we're, we're able to sort of share each other's music and like just sort of pull from everywhere i know that's probably a cliche but we just kind of want to 
play everything at the same time and then just stick it on record. Okay, and in terms of your songwriting process, then is that spread across the band, or are there particular members that do the lyrics and the music? Yeah, I um, I think every sort of time we've wrote songs since I've been in the band, it's kind of evolved slightly. Like the last album, like Chris Bentley, the our drummer, he joined sort of before that era because our old drummer Dan left for university, and like he's moved away. So like there was a good element of like. Uh, Ricey on guitar he's a riff machine like he's not like you know this isn't really a criticism he's not like really a songwriter but he will throw out riffs like nobody's business and he'll have all these like little bits and pieces of uh, songs and ideas and then Matt the other guitarist who does the clean vocals for us as well like he's full of ideas and structures and like so like the two of them all their ideas and then you've got Chris Bentley on drums who again like he's so good at being able to go right that's a cool idea let me put this in there and then like and there was a there was a real good back and forth between everybody and like Dan Lafarge basis he rejoined during uh the writing for Aporia last album and like he sort of really put in his you know uh put in his stamp as well amongst all the bass lines uh, with what and now we're writing again it, it's evolving a bit more where we're you know a couple of other guys are writing more than the other guys kind of thing it's it just seems to be however it works at the time. There doesn't seem to be a set, a set route, you know. Yeah, it it, it definitely sounds like it's kind of changing over the years. Mm. And is it kind of like a, was it a I suppose a, a group sort of decision or was it a just you know, just kind of a yeah, just kind of what happened. <clears throat> just kind of what happened, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, you know, there was. I don't think there was ever really a. This is what we're going to do. Like with times we've sat in a room, we're going to try making big grand plans about how things are. Then things, just plans change. Uh, you know, all the rest of the guys have got kids. They've, you know, they've got families and all this lot. And so it's like, uh, and the jobs changing, and so things have just evolved sort of naturally, and we've just kind of gone with the flow. Okay, then. So, for someone who hasn't listened to Internal Conflict before, what three songs would you suggest that they listen to first? Oh, um, so I'd probably say Catharsis, which is the song that we usually open with at this point. That's off the last EP we did. I think that was a big changing point in our sound because with off the first album with me, The Rising Tide, it was still very much kind of a very Swedish sort of thrash metal kind of album it was very much that but then like Matt had just started trying to sing on things and like, adding elements to it and then that next EP was where we were really playing with like structures and getting a little bit more complex with where we were going and really bringing the clean singing to the, to the forefront and then so I'd say Catharsis is a good one we've got a video for that out um, another one probably Kingdom of Apathy we did a video for that which is, uh, we did a video at the Firebug for that, which is, again, a really good mixture of sort of where we're at. And then it's a tough call, really, because there was one recently I released a video for, well, we released a video for, um, that I made uh, called Traitorous, which is completely different to anything we've done before. It's very, very sort of, I don't know, moody compared to the usually very angry stuff that we do. Um so yeah, maybe them three: Traitorous, Catharsis, and Kingdom of Apathy are three good. So that's kind of like a spread across what we do. Okay, cool. What What are the uh, kind of plans for the new music? Are you working on something at the moment? Yeah. So um, I mean, it's been two years since we um, released the album, and we sort of went into this year 
bit of a up and down time in terms of being able to get together and practice a lot just sort of life getting in the way but like matt has recently um been spending a lot of time with like he's always been a bit of a technophobe uh never really sort of getting on with technology and gear but like he's managed to uh we've managed to basically learn how to use reaper and recording technology and he's got the basics down so he's been hardcore throwing down riffs and structures and ideas and like being, he's come back like in the space for about a month we, we got like the basis for like 14 songs we've never been in this situation before so i think once uh, once uh, Uprising is out of the way, we've got a couple of gigs in Ireland, uh, but we're going to try sort of get a bit of time of just trying to hone these songs and just see well, just kind of decide what to do with them next. I mean, I've been trying to write lyrics, but my head's kind of not been really in it. So I've changed jobs recently, so it's like sort of focus hardcore on that. But the ideas are coming. We've had some really good gigs recently, and everyone's—I know—everyone feels like you know the practice sessions we've been having have been really good recently. So it's nice to kind of you know, feel like a nice bit of motivation coming back and the sun's out and everybody's like really, I don't know, it seems to be a, a good vibe in the practice room, so that's nice. So I think it's now time for the quick fire round. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's eight questions. It's just the first thing that you think of just okay. to come out with your answers. So first one then is, what was the first album that you owned? Oh, first album that I bought, probably, oh, I'm probably going to say, uh, probably the first metal album I'll say that I really bought was Load by Metallica. Bought it on tape mm. whilst mm. on a holiday in America. I had tapes of other albums, uh, mixtapes of loads of Green Day and stuff like that. But uh, I think that, that kind of came a bit later. I got into Metallica. You know, that, that was the first sort of band I really got into. I, so not really a quick fire answer. I apologise. <laughs> no, no, no. no, that's fine. It, yeah, it's like with, with your answers, they can be, well, it's a quick fire round, you know, um, just kind of think what comes to your head. That okay. doesn't matter how long the answer is. Because sure. I, <laughs> I can talk. I can walk. <laughs> so what would be your death row meal? You get a starter, a main, a dessert and a drink. Oh, bloody hell. Death row meal. Starter. Um... Bit of a basic bitch when it comes to starters. Like I generally go for soups because I just like a good soup. It's not too much, you know. Nice chunk of flavour, nice like chunky crusty bread. You know, don't want to have too much before the main, which for me would absolutely be a massive steak. I know, just simple steak and chips, peppercorn sauce. You know, it's a it's an absolute favourite of mine. And uh, so yeah, that that'd be my my mains. I'm not usually much of a sweets kind of guy, but if I'm I'm on death row, I'd have to probably think of something. I don't know, probably it's <laughs> like an probably it's like an entire Viennetta or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's my oh, last, what, what drink would you go for? Oh bloody hell! Depends on what the weather's like, I guess. If it's cold, probably a a pint of ale, or you know, maybe maybe oh, probably a Guinness. I think probably a Guinness. And uh, what was the first gig that you watched? The first gig that I ever watched. So, like, I remember the pub I used to go to called the Barley Sheaf in Hinkley. Used to be, it's a curry house now, a very nice one, but it used to be the ultimate dive bowl. Motorhead had played there, Terrorvision and other bands. This is going back years. I was 17, I think I just, sort of just turned in 17 when I went there. 
and they would have lots of bands on all of the time. I can't remember too many individual bands per se, but it probably, I don't know, they, there's a band from around here called The Splitters, or they used to be around, they were Scarpunk, and they were just a bunch of, just a bunch of locals, and they did really well locally, and they had a, they had a song called Last Buster Barwell, and it was basically just about the last bus to the, to the town that we'd end up having to walk home to last night. So that kind of, <laughs> that kind of sticks with me. <laughs> what are your favourite crisps? Oh, that's a big one. I have a huge liking for salt and vinegar kettle chips. Just big, chunky mm. salt and vinegar. I love it. <laughs> so a lot of power, a lot of power in those crisps. That's it. It's a good hangover cure. When I have a terrible hangover, salt and vinegar, that I have a hankering for it big time. What would be your dream tour lineup? And you can include yourselves on that if you want to. Okay, so it, yeah, it'd have to be going on tour with someone, wouldn't it? I mean, I've always loved Slayer. I'd have loved to have got behind the scenes and hung out and probably get mocked relentlessly by Slayer. Um, you know. Because <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like I don't know how I'd respond to being around them, being such a fanboy as a kid, but well, as, as an adult, to be fair. Um, but I'm just so committed to like sort of the underground sort of scene where it's like I'd love to get a bunch of just you know three or four bands where it's just us and a couple of our mates, and that could be a good. There's a few bands I could put on that bill where we have go out and have like a proper tour and go around and like. Just hang out with your mates on tour, staying in Premier Inns or in the back of the van and just hanging out for a week or a month. To me, that would just be a dream come true. Uh, what's your pre-gig ritual? Pre-gig ritual. Um, so between sort of loading in and packing down, got to do me vocal warm-ups. I've got to do the uh, Melissa Cross, Zena Screaming warm-ups. Absolutely essential screaming and shouting like I've, I do for... Uh, and the amount I do for the past X amount of years. Um, oh, it's weird, like, because I usually try to just get into the mode, try to watch the bands as much as possible. But, like, when it comes to, like, the like real bigger gigs, where I, I get really anxious. Like, the last time we played Bloodstock, I was just so anxious and had all this nervous energy. I was just pacing relentlessly, like, up and down, up and down. It's, like, kind of winding myself up, you know, like a sort of a elastic band ready just to let it go kind of thing you know it's always try and channel that nervous energy because like i still get stage fright i've been doing this 20 years now on and off and it's like you still get nervous you, st you still get panicked and worry about what's going to happen and i'll overthink lyrics and forget things and have to read the lyrics but then like you just use that so that once you get on stage and you, you that first beat of the intro comes in it's like right i'm doing this now you know, the glasses are off. I can't see anybody just escape into that character and, and just go for it until I finish and then everything starts to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? Wow. Biscuit would I be? Not what biscuit would I want? See, I, I, I'm the kind of person who would be able to destroy an entire packet of custard creams uh, in one cup of tea. <laughs> They are standard, but people dis disrespect them. I can also do the same <laughs> to Maryland and uh, Oreos as well. Oh, so I'm just going to go for the humble custard cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely with you on the uh, Maryland. I could give me some milk. 
mate. And packs my packs from Maryland, I can I can demolish them. Yeah, they're just so easy. They're just the right right kind of weight and lightness. You can smash through them easily. So yeah, maybe I'd want to be a Maryland cookie, but I'd actually just be a custard cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the last song that you listened to? Oh, oh, I haven't actually listened to anything today because I've, I've been I've, I've had a weird day at work. Uh, oh, oh no! The last song I listened to it was the new single by Spirit Box. Um, that came out okay. today. Uh, let me see if I can find what it's called. Yeah, I love this band. I know they're not, uh, they, they can be a, a little bit um, divisive. The Void by uh, Spirit Box. I love it. I, like, I really liked their old band, uh, I Wrestled with Bear once, they were called. They were mental, like one of the maddest bands I've ever heard. But then this new band, I think the singer and the guitarist, like husband and wife, and it's just kind of like ethereal, deftonesy kind of stuff and she can do literally anything vocal wise she's got the full range from the the heaviest gutturals to the most serene clean vocals and i love it and they've got they're just they're just incredible and they go in places like they are really going places so yeah no well, spirit box oh so it's probably joyce i don't think anybody said spirit box yet I don't think they have no no yeah. um amazing yeah i can't argue the spirit box they are good yeah um, don't think I've had a chance to watch them live yet, though. No, I ain't no. seen them yet. They're all sold out instantly. Yeah. So hopefully they'll turn up at one of the festivals and that I can get in there. Okay, I think that was the last question in the quick fire round. It was, yeah. So well, we'll go back to we'll go We'll go back to normal activities. <laughs> <laughs> no no more crisp and biscuit questions. Oh, no, that's fine. They're the hard-hitting questions <laughs> that we need to be answering. And I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> So next up, we just wanted to talk a little bit about Metal to the Masses because mm-hmm. the Leicester final is at the start of Uprising it and is. we spotted that you've been on the judging panel for some of the heats. Yes. So I just wondered how you got to be on the judging panel and how you find it kind of being on the other side of things as well. Yeah, cool. Um, so we won Metal to the Masses in 2013 uh, in it's like Warwickshire, which is sort of just south of Leicester. Uh, for those that don't know. Um, and then sort of from there, um, I think Simon from Resin, his band won the next year. And then like, because he started putting on gigs in Leicester, he he worked with Matt from Firebug, the, the pub that like, we play a lot, and who and he's like the business partner for putting on Uprising. So um, we started doing the uh, Metal to Masses there uh, in the build to the first Uprising. Because the first one had it, it was part of that. So yeah, like as a as a former like winner, I guess, and someone who I sit on the door for Simon and help him, I do comparing for him and stuff like that. Um, he just asked me if I wanted to be a judge, and I remember um, I did some judging in Coventry as well for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's um, it's it's an interesting one really because like sometimes I don't I don't sometimes I don't like having to judge over other bands and kind of have to make decisions on like other bands futures so to speak but like I find it interesting and fulfilling because you get to see and help people with what they're doing like you know a lot of bands are very good and about it and you know very humble uh, and honest when they don't go through and like they you know they want to ask you advice what do you think and sort of getting that kind of you know, people coming to me for advice is, I don't know, it's, it's a strange and kind of 
gratifying feeling because it's like, oh yeah, I've you know I've actually done this. I've actually gone out and you know done the thing that you're trying to do. So they're asking me what we did, and you know, and like I like I like talking about the the machinery and the uh, of how all this works, and sort of being at Bloodstock so much and being behind the scenes with it. I love you know the engine and all the cogs and seeing them and being amongst it all. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's good. It gets scary sometimes when you see people like I have seen people get a little bit funner, but for the most part, bands are really good about it, and they're really, you know, when they don't go through, they're like they were they were like, oh yeah, cool, okay. So like, what do you think we should do? How did you feel about this? And I'm usually like, well, I like it. I think it's good. I always play good cop when it comes to the judging. It's always, you know, I'm always sort of talking about the positives it's very rare that i ever see a band and be like oh yeah i'm not sure about that i mean it has happened but for the most part especially this year of like it's been a really good year for bands being so friendly so like genuine about their approach to it and you know if they didn't get through they're still turning up and watching the other bands and supporting and being really positive about it and um like last year as well there was a couple of um, one of the bands in the final this year, Voidwalker, and uh, Bury Me Where They uh, Where I Fall, they like were hooking up with the other bands that went through, and, and Biocaster as well went became really close friends with the band that won, Sylvain, and now they're touring, they're playing gigs together all over the place, kind of thing. And that's that's what we try and promote all the time. It's like, yeah, you're competing with this band, but what you're really supposed to be doing is playing in front of their fans and making friends with this band. So now. They're your tour buddies. You hang around with these guys. You go play in Northampton or Nottingham or Birmingham with them. And then you go do that. And then we've seen a nice sort of growth of the scene in Leicester of all these bands going out and playing all the little the different venues. And it, and it's really good to see and like to sort of just maybe sort of, you know, think to myself like, yeah, I'll, I'll play a part in that. I've, I've got a little little role to play and, you know, I can get involved and be, give back in that kind of sense it's a nice feeling it's nice to be a part of yeah i love i love kind of like the idea of that and um, we've started going to metal to the masses a yeah. little bit as well yeah the nottingham one uh, yeah, the can. nottingham heat when we can when we can make it yeah and one of the things is like the, the quality of the bands that are coming through as well mm-hmm. is just unbelievable at the moment it is like it is i've been saying this for years and i'm obviously biased because i've been playing in bands but trying to get people who you know, no disrespect to people who do this, but they only ever go see the big bands. You know, they'll probably go see Maiden every year for a hundred pounds or the same bands over and over again. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but they won't spend a fiver on a band down the road. And like, all I keep trying to say to people, it's like, yeah, but you, you don't realise that just because they're a local band, like, they're not, they're not awful, they're not bad. There's some incredibly talented and professional and amazing sounding bands playing s- such breakthrough and new stuff. We had um, Conjurer. Conjurer, they're, yeah. they're off taking over the world at the minute. They've just announced a tour with Gojira. They won our first medal to the masses, and I saw them playing at Duffy's Bar in front of two people. You know what I mean? Wow. But they were phenomenal. <laughs> Literally, they were on stage, and like, everyone's like, okay, this this lot are good. And, you know, the, the lineup sort of evolved a little bit, but, yeah, you could see this band were going to go places. And when they won that, they, they kind of – I don't know how much it helped, but like I think it put them in the eye of a couple of people, and then now look at them. You know, you, you just don't know. Yeah, do you? yeah, that, that's it. That's all it takes, isn't it? Mm. So, 
kind of future live dates. Uh, we spotted that you're headlining Metal Invasion. Yes, yeah. Um, there's also a couple of Irish dates that you were talking about. Yeah, excited. So, yeah, always wanted to go to Ireland. My granddad was Irish. You know, uh, you know. I'm sure they'll all get sick of me trying to bring that one out when I'm over there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I'll go there a fair bit with the family. Now, or I've done over the years, and so really excited to be doing that with the guys from uh, Beyond Your Design, who we went on tour with last year. They're they're good lads. They're in the Nottingham Metal to the masses, and like I'd love to see them win. Like they're they're really good guys. Are really committed, and they put so much effort into their live show. Um, but like, yeah, so Metal Invasion is going to be good. That's for Unearthed. They're good guys. Uh, Liam's and Harry is doing a great job. Um, and that's with a ton of amazing bands. And for us to be like headlining over so many amazing bands, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a daunting task where you've got to follow all this amazing stuff. So it's like, right, got to put on your big boy pants and do something special for that one. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were looking at the um, the poster for it earlier, weren't we? Mm, and there, yeah. are, there are some incredible bands it's on that line. Nuts. Yeah, that lineup is nuts and uh yeah so really exciting that one and uh, in colville it's a nice place uh the um the, the vicky bikes well, i played there many years ago my old bands uh so it's one of those places where i think it's it's just nice to have that under your belt as a place we've played okay so just going back to uprising then yeah. who are you looking forward to watching there this year oh well we've just announced a whole bunch of new bands haven't we let me get yeah. the poster up and i'll look in real time so I have actually been getting into Paradise Lost since he's announced them. Like, I, I'll admit, they're a band I haven't really got into. But going back to where I first, first got into sort of rock and metal, metal in particular, is I remember like a Music for Nations test, taste a CD. We're going back for when I was like 14, 15. And like, I'd listened to Guns N' Roses because my brother was into it. But I remember getting this CD and, and I wish I still had it. But, like, it was full of, like, real goth metal stuff. And Paradise Lost were one of the bands on that. So I just thought it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, it's kind of full circle. So I'm looking forward to them. Saw, I've been listening to them. They're, they're brilliant. Or he's brilliant. Palm Reader, I've been, I got into, like, sort of last year. Boss Killoid, easily one of my favourite bands. Like, they are so unique. And I cannot talk about how much I love that band. Um Recall the Remains, a good bunch of lads. We've played them a few times. Bud love those guys. Master Charger as well, played with them a few times. Um, Feral State are amazing. They were in our Metal to the Masses. They didn't get through, but uh, I think they impressed everybody enough to be like, yeah, God, we'll, give them, we'll give them a slot. And then, yeah, Lowen, they're interesting. Been listening to them recently. Yeah, they, they uh, really caught my attention. So like I'm I'm really excited. Like most of those bands, I mean, I listened to Scarlet Wright the other day for the first time. They they I was like, not heard them before. They're good. Yeah, so it's good. And damn him, that's one of the guys from Akakok, I think. Yeah. Saw them last year actually. They were really good. So I'm excited. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot there. Like I could quite happily watch every single one of those bands and enjoy myself, I think. I saw Combi Crush, the Bloodstock the other year, but this is an electric set, so it'll be a different vibe, I think. So yeah, it's gonna be cool, man. Really excited. I'm gonna be knackered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we can't wait for it. It's it's gonna be so good to kind of see all these bands, um, mm. you know. And I, I was watching your Bloodstock performance earlier. Yeah, nice. Bit of feedback um, in that one. Kept going down. The mic was a little bit active on that. <laughs> but the energy you were kind of getting out there was yeah. just insane. Yeah, cheers, man. There was so much going on. Yeah, that was 
first thing on Sunday of a five-day festival. My God, I was dead. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I listen to that and I can hear where my voice is struggling a bit because it's just the dry air because it had been hot. But, like, yeah, that before that, I was pacing up and down the behind the stage because I was just full of, like, so much energy, like, just winding myself up. that When I just came on, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go for it in a big way. And I was like horrendously out of shape. I'm probably even more so now. So I was, I was just knackered. I was dead after that. I was just walking zombie all day, but full of adrenaline and feeling fantastic. It was great though. You, you know, you kind of really got the crowd going. And like say, you know, to do it on a Sunday, mm. the the fifth day of the festival, yeah. everybody's absolutely drained. Yeah, they've been after it. <laughs> well, yeah, we kept saying to each other like, right, we're just we're gonna wake everybody up. We're gonna make sure we get everyone going. And like. The, the tent filled up. Like it was a really good crowd. There's a great photo. Like I've got it, and uh, you know, saved on my computer. And you look at it, you just think, oh yeah, man, that was a big crowd. You know, we had a lot of people watching us. So like this, it's it's such a, you know, if I feel a bit down about whatever, I could look at pictures like that and go like, yeah, man, like I'm doing this. You know, I might not be touring the world or anything, but like, I get to do things like that. You know, so like it's it's just it's just so gratifying, and you know, it just makes me feel feel like things are like it's all worth it you know <laughs> so one quick final question tell us why people should come and check you guys out at uprising and kind of what your show what a uh, internal conflict show is well we're one of many hometown heroes we've been doing this for a while and we're the kind of guys where you know, I don't want to criticise others for stopping, but we just sort of we joke we joke a few times that we're kind of just belligerently committed to doing what we're doing. You know, it's like we're all knocking, well, past or knocking for it, but we go out there and play every gig like it's our last one. Like we we know that at any minute anything could happen, and we're just like embracing and enjoying every moment like it could be the last gig we play. You know, we're making plans. We know we've got more coming up, but you just never know what's going to happen. And we just throw every ounce of energy we've got into every moment of every performance because, you know, who are the bands that, you know, I grew up loving so much? Uh, you know, I'd, Slipknot changed my life when they appeared. Uh, Slayer, just just the pure energy of it all. I want to, I, I look at these bands, I go, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. You know, I kind of came up with, you know, I got into the Metallica first, but I was, as I was a young, like so heading into my teens and late 20s, new metal was that thing, you know, when it was such high energy, emotional music. And that's what I want, you know, from a show. I don't want, you know, I look, I love bands, they have their vibe and they do kind of stand and don't do much. But us as a group, we're like, well, that's not who we are and what we want to portray. So we're in, we're getting in people's faces, we're going in, uh, uh, pulling faces and, pulling shapes and moshing about and diving about the place where we can. So, you know, we, we like putting on a show. We like having a bit of fun and coming off of it, hurting a little bit and thinking, yeah, you know what? I, I, I put, I put everything into that. So I'm, I'm going to feel that for the next few days, but at least I know that I've left it out there on the stage and, you know, and gone for it, you know, that's it's just kind of what we do. It's like what we're into is how we like, how, how we like portraying ourselves. So yeah. Yeah. Just come see a high energy show. Go come watch a, a guy who's you know gone through COVID and put too much weight on and making making himself <laughs> extremely tired and out of breath, but throwing himself around like he's twenty years younger than he actually is. You know that that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we definitely can't wait to see you guys live. Cool, man. Cheers. Um, it's 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 going to be great to uh, get to watch you, and cool. yeah, it's. I think the festival itself is just going to be, uh, you know, incredible. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like talking to, he doesn't usually give me too much information about some things. Like, cause I, I I'm always asking him questions. What, oh, how many tickets sold? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? And uh, you know, the like the last couple of years, where obviously with the COVID, especially last year, where things were a bit tough for everyone, but they stuck it out. And like you're seeing a few festivals, kind of, unfortunately. Base cancelling recently, like because of low ticket sales, it's really heartbreaking to see that happen. And after last year, I think they were a little bit like, "Well, if this year's the same and it like, and it struggles, then we might have to just knock it on the edge." So this put a bit of extra money in to go for a slightly better—I say better, more expensive headliner, and it seems to have paid off. Like the ticket sales have been really good. We got to uh, a point where the O2 have said, "Well, you've got." too many people for the second room so you've got to have a third room now so like within a week it was like because he said initially like yeah we'll sell this many tickets so let me book for a third room they're like oh no wait till you get there so we get there and he's like right we've got to book a third stage now so <laughs> it's it's going to be busy and then i think the other year when we had napalm death in it was he said like it's napalm death acid rain and somebody else who was dead good and like he said, he said like the ticket sales weren't that great, but when you were there, it looked amazing. The the main room looked put full, and I'm like, there was more people than what the tickets sold there. So this time around, <laughs> I think it's this time around, it's going to look amazing. I'm really excited about it. So thank you, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and we really can't wait to see you guys hit the stage uh, of Rising. So thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Well, hope you enjoyed that. We had a really great time chatting with Adam. And, of course, check them out at Uprising. They're going to be amazing live. And we can't wait to watch them as well. Of course, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyToMoshCast. And we're also on TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube at ReadyToMosh. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on whatever streaming platform service you're on. And we will be back next week with another episode. Make it stop, Moog. <laughs>